Welcome back, everyone. Wow, it says we are nine seconds into it. That couldn't possibly be right already. Okay. Well, welcome back, everyone. What, what an auspicious uh, start. <laughs> a great start. Oh, boy, here we go. It has been three weeks since we have been with you uh, here on Two Spot Monkeys. We appreciate your patience as we uh, work through life to get to this point. But here we are back talking with you. I'm Jim and joined as always by Tom. Tom, how the heck are you? Hey, man. Um, super. Uh, we are closing out April on a high note and heading full steam into spring. It's awesome to uh, be here uh, recording again, and we have a lot to catch up on. We do. We uh, I, I joked on uh, uh, the board that we talk about that we're members of uh, that this could be like a triple Broadway show. Oh, I didn't. There was one thing. Uh, never mind. There's something else we're going to talk about that I forgot to put in the uh, rundown earlier um, that we went over before we clicked record. But uh, we're a little rusty at this. So if we fumble our way through, <laughs> hey, be patient with us. Um, but it has been a while. But the last thing you heard from us was our head-to-head picks on WrestleMania, which dropped uh, the night before WrestleMania uh, or Rainamania, as it might have been known uh, on night one. Anyways, we'll talk about that maybe in a little bit. Uh, but let's update head to head uh, since we did our head to head picks. And uh, yeah. Re- rinse, repeat. I don't know. It's the same old thing, isn't it? Uh, we went, Tom and I, in takeover, uh, we had the same record over the two nights. We were both seven and three. And we'll talk about those matches here in a little bit. And then uh, WrestleMania, it was where, you know, the same old, same old happened. And uh, I went seven and six over the two nights of WrestleMania. And Tom went eight and five. Does that sound right, Tom? Yeah, It is. That is correct. Yep. Which brings our year total to our our season total for the first six months here. Tom is 54 and 18. I am 51 and 21. So a three-match lead for you, Tom. We have WrestleMania Backlash to come, which is, I don't quite understand why they had to change the name of that pay-per-view. But anyways, Double or Nothing as well. Uh, And then I would think a June WWE pay-per-view as well. And Uh, maybe Ring of Honor Best in the World? Best in the World probably should be in June. They haven't announced that date yet, I don't think. Have they? They have not. Okay. I didn't think so. Um, but uh, well, Ring of Honor is probably something that will get tabled for this week, and we'll talk about that more probably next week uh, because we have got a whole lot of WWE and some AEW as well um, at the end to to talk about with their big show coming up next week. But uh, let's start off. We're not going to do the three big things just because it's been three weeks. Um, the three big things is the three weeks it's been since these shows happened. But um, we're just going to have some back and forth, freeform discussion. We don't have an agenda uh, other than as we work through the nights. So, Tom, NXT stand and deliver night one, uh, the Wednesday night of WrestleMania week on USA. Let's run down just the results real quick, just to remind ourselves of what happened what night. Uh, in On the pre-show, which they uh, announced a pre-show for each of those two nights, kind of day of, uh, Zoe Stark beat Tony Storm, which was interesting to me and, and has played out some more on TV. Um, and that's the one thing with the three weeks <clears throat> since the show's, excuse me, I got a frog in my throat, um, is we have some of the uh, aftermath to talk about as well. Uh, Pete Dunn beat Kushida in uh, the opener on the actual show proper. 
The Gauntlet Eliminator match was next, and Bronson Reed came out of that uh, as the winner to win the North American title shot on night two. The UK title match was a war. Walter over uh, Tommaso, chop bomb. The tag title decision match uh, was the MSK, the MSK, there we go. MSK, Wesley and Nash Carter over the Grizzled Young Veterans and Legato del Fantasma. And then in the main event, Raquel Gonzalez ascends to the top, beats Igor Igor Shirai, I can't talk this morning, Tom, and wins the NXT Women's title. Tom, initial thoughts? What what struck you on night one? So, first and foremost, I was incredibly thankful, uh, and this is going to be like a preface that carries through all of our discussion here. Um, I had I was on a family vacation. We had just arrived in Macon, Georgia, kind of like right as this show was starting on Wednesday night. So while I was tired of being in the car for 13 hours, um, I was tempted to to go jump on USA and watch this show just to be like, hey, let me try to uh, to see what's happening. I didn't because there were other factors in play, like getting my family settled and eating food um, that were <laughs> higher priorities at the moment. Plus, I knew I was recording all these. But the big thing for all of these events was really trying to stay spoiler-free and off social media and away from things that would ruin kind of, you know, me coming back and then just doing a massive, like, watch-a-thon, which surprisingly went well, um, both in the sense of I was I stayed pretty spoiler-free. Um, I, I want to say I stayed 100% spoiler-free in NXT, um, WrestleMania not so much. But then the fact that I got back a week later and I watched – crap ton of wrestling like i went i I didn't watch wrestling like for i want to say about eight calendar days because of the trip and the vacation uh and then the like i think i watched 50 matches in four days or something some 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 stupid number um i thought this first night was a great show i thought the energy was fantastic uh i thought the in-ring was super solid it was a great, um, if it's the final Wednesday night show ever, it may or may not be. They're back on their Tuesdays now. And this was the last Wednesday night event for the foreseeable future. It was a great way to bring that Wednesday night run to an end. Um, <clears throat> really high on the UK title match and the tag title match. Uh, but I also thought Pete Dunne and Kushida was, was up there as well. So um, in all, in terms of the results, not very surprised. Um, I know that we differed on our picks, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in, in only one match here. And I had EO retaining and you had Raquel winning. Uh, so you got the you got the one up there. Um, I, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I'm interested to see where EO Shirai goes next because it appears that she's not yet leaving NXT. Uh, you know, historically, you would have thought potentially this is one of those things where, you know, big NXT uh, talent, hands the torch off and then shows up on raw or smackdown shortly thereafter and to to the day of this recording io shirai has not shown up on raw or smackdown nor has virtually anybody else new my goodness yeah um, and that can maybe be a discussion when we talk wrestlemania the most disappointing post raw or post wrestlemania raw and smackdown i think i've ever seen but that's not an nxt conversation um i i, I agree with you uh, top to bottom, everything worked. Everything was 
good to great. I did not see the Zoe Stark and Tony Storm match. Uh, I didn't go back and watch that because, uh, like, well, not like you, because I wasn't on a fun vacation in Florida uh, or Georgia that night and then on to Florida. But um, I didn't see either of the NXT nights live due to uh, other obligations. So um, I watched, I think I caught most of this on Thursday, maybe a little bit Friday morning right before I went to work um, to finish it up. But uh, man, just awesome. And I was spoiler free on this show as well, which I agree, you know, watching things spoiler free, even if you have to see them after the fact is so much more fun uh, than watching things that you already know the results of, even if you have maybe don't know how they got there or those kinds of things. So it's still interesting to watch, watching it as though you were watching it live. I agree. Just changes the whole uh, enjoyment level for me. Uh, Walter and Tommaso Ciampa, probably match of the night. But the only reason I say probably is because it's hard to fully say which one was the match of the night because they were all so good. Um, I'd probably put Pete Dunne and Kushida second, but I wouldn't argue that anybody puts a tag match there or the women's title match or, you know, any of it. Uh, the gauntlet was good. Uh, they had to get through a lot in a not terribly long time frame. But uh, the surprise of that, I think, was Bronson Reed winning that gauntlet. You know, you and I both had Dexter Loomis winning it, which, from all storyline purposes, seemed to make the most sense. They've still kept that story going, though, even now without Dexter winning it. So maybe it was a way to help keep pushing Bronson Reed up as well, which I'm a fan of Bronson Reed. So I'm, I was okay with that that win and uh, thought it was good, thought that uh, – I like that at the beginning of that, if I'm remembering things correctly, uh, Swerve and Leon Ruff, I mean, kind of came brawling out of the back to start it, basically, which I loved because they're, they've got such a hot issue. Um, you know, if you told me that they would put a feud together with Leon Ruff that I would actually, like, be interested in, I might have told you you were crazy because I just – Leon Ruff's fine, but I just – you know, he doesn't really – hit the top of my, like, oh, I want to see that guy. Uh, I'm really looking forward to their Falls Count Anywhere match next week between the two of them on NXT. Uh, Tom, are you up to date on NXT? I am. I am. Yep. I'm really looking forward to that match next week. I think that's going to be really, really fun. Uh, so kudos to them on that. Uh, but, man, this this thing just – I thought it clicked all the way along. Um, and I thought Raquel – being crowned and then taking over as the top dog in the women's division uh, was a fitting way to end night one uh, and make you, you know, really look forward to what night two was probably going to bring. Uh, also, no, let's see, I'm trying to think. We didn't have any, I don't think on Stand and Deliver, we had any new stars appear. They they promoted, um, oh, why am I drawing a blank on her name? Frankie Monet. So right. Saray was in the crowd, I thought, yeah. Oh, Saray was in the crowd, right. But they'd already announced she would be uh, would be on the next show or, or the next week um, or or was coming soon, I guess. And then Frankie Monet, they continued the, uh, the promos for. And, uh, let's just talk maybe about that for a second. Frankie Monet to me, I mean, Taya, Taya Valkyrie, the former Taya Valkyrie, is, is good in the ring. I, I like Taya. Uh, what I've seen of her in Lucha Underground, I didn't see a lot of her in Impact because I didn't have um, access to access as we've talked about before although i do now um and i recorded impact for a couple of weeks and i just never found time to watch it i've heard it's a good show i just don't have more time in my schedule um but uh 
I, boy, her character kind of annoys me right now in NXT, to be perfectly honest. I think that's the point, though. So maybe I'm supposed to be annoyed. How are you feeling about Frankie Monet, Tom? I, 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 I'm, the jury's out, uh, but I would agree with your opinion there. I think that she's kind of supposed to be kind of like irritating and grating on, on those uh, that she comes into contact with. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I look forward to when she actually gets the chance to debut in the ring. The women's division in NXT seems really busy right now, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, I, I'd rather have that be the case. It's so interesting, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, because I think in the transition after the takeovers and kind of the resetting of the table or the deck, if you will, um, so far, in my opinion, like the, the women's division is kind of the hot spot uh, where I'm, we're still kind of waiting on the title scene to to kind of develop some more. Uh, we'll talk about that as we talk about night two and then beyond. Uh, and there's, there's some other stuff at the top of the card that I think is still um, in process. It hasn't fully materialized. The one thing I just want to do or ask or just share uh, about night one and just get your opinion or thoughts on before we maybe transition to night two was just the perhaps lack of Imperium involvement in the UK title match and or Timothy Thatcher. It seems like that issue has maybe not continued in the way that I thought it was leading up to that match. And I'm not sure exactly why. Um, so just, yeah, w wondering your thoughts there. Yeah. Good point. Um, I, it's weird because they certainly were teasing uh, Imperium, you know, kind of recruiting Timothy Thatcher. They weren't teasing it. They were out and out doing it. Um, and I don't, Thatcher not being around until again, this, this week, I think was when he came back. Um, I think it was their last year or last week was backstage. This week was, in that's America. right. Last, that's right. They were sitting, they had a sit down interview last week and this week actually in front of the crowd and thank God Tommaso Ciampa shaved his head again. Good thought Tommaso. Um, <laughs> He, he doesn't look like Grandpa Champa anymore, but um, <clears throat> yeah, it was it's weird because I agree with you. They they did this story for a little while, and it seemed like it should have some, and it almost seems like now they've shifted it to Killian Dane, um, and and Drake Maverick, which okay, um, I mean I you know look I I like Killian Dane. I think Killian Dane can be a nice uh, either kick-ass baby face or um, monster kind of heel, you know, because he's a big guy. I think he's really good. So I I'm fine with doing something with Dane and, and eventually breaking him away from this goofy tag team with Drake Maverick. Uh, but it just kind of shifted. Uh, and I and no real reason. And and you could do both. They could be recruiting both Dane and, and Thatcher. I would be fine with that. Uh, in fact, I think that would make some sense. Why wouldn't they want to get both of those guys in their fold? Uh, they have history. You know, both of them obviously are, are great competitors. So why wouldn't you want them as part of your team? All of those kinds of things. So, yeah, it was very odd that that never played a role. I kept waiting for Thatcher to walk out um, and, and nor come out of the crowd or, or do something. And then crickets. I don't know where he was. Um, so I don't know if there was an injury there. You know, in this time and this day and age, you got to think: was there a COVID situation? Did he, you know, was he not cleared for some reason? I don't know. It seems like there had to be some reason they didn't do that. But then they've just kind of pivoted away from it totally now. It seems like, and I'm a little bummed about that because I would have liked some resolution to that story in one way or another. I'm, I'm fine if Thatcher wasn't going to go to Imperium if he was going to stay with Champa. I'm certainly fine with those two being in the tag division. 
because that tag division is is pretty stacked right now too, uh, and that's that's always a good thing. I think when you don't just have kind of the well, what let's be honest, what the WWE has with the women's tag division, where it's you have champions and then kind of you have the flavor of the month challenger. Um, so I'm glad that if they're staying together as a team, that's great. But yeah, I agree. That was a little bit odd that they didn't, uh, didn't ever come to some resolution on that. Maybe it pops back up in the future, but I mean, there's no hint of it even in the last couple of weeks. It's all been all about the tag division as far as Ciampa and, and Thatcher sit. So yeah. And it seemed like it would have been a natural, if they, if they weren't going to go with Thatcher joining Imperium, it would have felt like Thatcher coming out to, assist or console or support Ciampa leading to a Thatcher Walter match down right. the road seemed like it would make a lot of sense. Again, and, may, and maybe we still get there. Who knows? And, and I, you know, we, we do our own, or we do enough of our own fair share of armchair booking here on the show. So let, lest, lest I not get walked down that path too strongly this morning. Yeah, after all, that is what a podcast is for, right? <laughs> the other piece maybe for, for night one just really is um, somebody in NXT really like Zoe Stark. And and I like Zoe Stark. Um although I I don't know. The the story they're telling right now with her um kind of being the she fights really hard but doesn't always get the win, although she did get the win on this night. Um you know, it was interesting that they I mean they had her face EO pretty quickly. They had her, you know, be the debut opponent for Saray, uh which was a really good match, but again there was no chance Zoe Stark was winning that match. Um, although, on the flip side, I would have said there was no chance that uh, Zeta Ramir was going to beat Tony Storm on Tuesday night either. And, okay, we'll see if Zeta Ramir becomes a thing at all or if it was, you know, the one week just to tell the story and we're never going to see Zeta again for a while. But, uh, yeah, somebody is a big fan of Zoe Stark uh, in NXT, and and I'm okay with that. I just hope that they they build her. Uh, at some point here too, because I think, you know, the tough luck baby face who occasionally gets a surprise win is, is fine, but if you're going to do something with her, do, do something. Uh, we'll, we'll see where that goes. Well, let's bounce to night two and who knows some of night two may bleed back into thought, remind us of things of night one, but uh, results for night two, Tom, just to remind again, ourselves of everything that happened again on the pre-show we had a number one contenders tag team match. Uh, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick won that match over Fandango and uh, Tyler Breeze. Breezango. There we go. That was what I was looking for. Uh, yeah. Okay. That match happened. I didn't see it. Probably all we'll ever talk about it. Uh, the Cruiserweight uh, Unification Ladder match kicked off the show proper on Peacock. Uh, Santos Escobar wins uh, the ladder match uh, only to, well, anyways, we'll talk about that maybe in a minute. Uh, but he beat Jordan Devlin in the latter match. The women's tag team title match was next. Shotzi and Ember retained over Candice and, and Indy Hartwell. Uh, the North American title match, Gargano retains over Bronson Reed. The NXT title match was next. which So they did things in the order you and I thought they should. Um, and Karrion Cross wins the NXT title over Finn Balor. And then in the unsanctioned lights out match, Kyle O'Reilly over Adam Cole. I thought night two was good, very good, maybe not quite to the level of night one. Um, and, and I can't totally put my finger on it. Uh, nothing again, nothing was bad. Um, I did again, I did not see the pre-show match, but, uh, 
you know, that one, if I was going to go back and watch either pre-show match, I probably would have watched the Zoe Stark, Tony Storm match before I would have watched Dana Maverick and Brizongo. Uh, Brizongo is just, I don't know how they still have jobs, but Samoa Joe doesn't. Anyways, we'll talk about that in a little while. Um, I thought it was, it was a good show. Uh, I, I thought the ladder match was really good. Uh, I, we, I think we both picked Santos, didn't we? We did, uh, yep. And and so I was happy there. And I have Santos Escobar in our fantasy wrestling league that we talk about here every once in a while. So I was very happy with that result from that. Uh, not that it matters because I'm sitting at the bottom of the standings pretty much anyways. I got a couple people behind me, but not many. Um, I I think for me, the, the, obviously the two big stories were Karrion Cross uh, winning that title uh, against Balor, which was a, a good match, but not epic um it was good and i think if i'm being fair i like carrying cross a lot but i haven't seen him have an epic match yet and we often get that in the nxt title scene you know you think about the andrades and the drew mcintyres and and gargano and champa and so many of the nxt champs finn balor um who have had just phenomenal title runs um and their title matches especially are usually awesome, awesome matches. This was good. Um, and I like him as a character. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think it's gonna be interesting to see, as you said, um, Tom, a little bit, you know, the title scene seems to still be fleshing itself out, uh, moving forward, which is fine. Uh, that it's okay that we don't go into the next week and already have, you know, somebody established, uh, as the next contender, just because William Regal said so, or somebody declared they're the number one contender or whatever. Uh, Finn Balor, we haven't seen since NXT, uh, since Santa Deliver. He will be back next week. Uh, apparently took himself on a vacation with his wife. So good for him. Glad he had some fun. Uh, I, you know, so that was good. I was really glad they ended with Colin O'Reilly, though. That story deserved the main event spot of Santa Deliver. And not to be totally punny about it, they delivered. I think those two absolutely beat the tar out of each other. Um, I think it was a potentially career-defining win for Kyle O'Reilly, although the next Tuesday, he had a weird character shift on on that next Tuesday show where he almost had an Orange Cassidy vibe. Like, not, I don't know, it was a, it was a mix between Orange Cassidy and, like, Riddle? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it, like, put my finger on how I would describe his new character. And yet, now, this past Tuesday, the only time that we saw him was watching uh, Adam Cole's interview, and it was a dark kind of shot, and he just looked, like, disgusted that Adam Cole still, you know, is Adam Cole. And so that made me think, okay, is it not going the more kind of goofy route it seemed like it was headed? I don't know. The Kyle O'Reilly character change since Santa Deliver has been a little bit odd, and, and you've mentioned that, I know, on the the board that we're a part of. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that too, Tom, but match wise, I thought their unsanctioned match was great. Easily. Yeah. Won. Yes. Uh, this, this not, no discredit to the undercard. This was a two match show on paper going in. Um, and in actuality, uh, again, the latter match was fine. Not nothing, nothing to, to nitpick it there. The result was what it was and what I predicted. So maybe that's why it's less of an emotional or like a meaningful vibe for me. Um, 
the energy for this night was different. So that is to me why I think the show felt different in terms of presentation. Um, it's interesting. I, 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 I hadn't had, I had this thought it fleeted away. It came back to me now. I wondered if I had watched live night one and seen the whole night on Peacock when they went to commercial breaks on USA. I watched the USA version. So I don't know how that would have been any different, if it would have at all. I'd, so just throwing that out there. One thing we didn't talk about is they've, they've expanded the capacity, it seems, for the number of people inside the Capitol Wrestling Center. That was noticeable on night one and night two. I'm going to guess that there was a lot of people who were the same uh, because those are some of the NXT diehards that are able to, to you know, report there um, and, and be there and, and get access. I was saying some of them are trainer trainees too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the on the hard cam side, I think like Austin, um, oh not Austin, Anthony Henry, as a good example, was one of the guys in the crowd one of the nights um, who used to be involved and in, uh, kind of a, a, an emerging name on the indies for you know the 2018 2019. Uh, window before the pandemic started, and there were other people there as well. Um, but the ener the energy for sure on night two was was a different vibe. Uh, thinking about carrying cross, so we're we're about to enter May of this calendar year. If I'm not mistaken, carrying cross debuted in May of 2020 in NXT or right around that time. Uh, so he's coming up on a full year in NXT and a year where he won the NXT title from Keith Lee. And immediately when this match ended, I go, wow, it has his best match been against Keith Lee. And I said to myself, I think that's the case. Like, and that was again, nothing against this match because it was good. I just don't think that Karrion Cross has had the right type of opponents in quote unquote competitive matches outside of Keith Lee leading up to Keith Lee when he was, running roughshod through people, including, to much to our surprise back then, Tommaso Ciampa, among others. Uh, but Ciampa was clearly the biggest name and the most established name, uh, and they'd never come back around to that ever, uh, which is okay. They didn't they don't necessarily need to, per se. Uh, I, I just feel like there needs to, like, I don't know who would mesh well with Karrion Cross. I wasn't familiar with his time in Impact. I wasn't familiar with his time in Lucha Underground. So I don't know what type of in-ring he was doing then. And, and again, this isn't a thing where everybody has to have four-star matches, five-star matches. But unfortunately, like you named, when you have a lineage of Andrade, Alistair Black, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, and you're having these match of the year contender NXT title matches to, to shift the mindset or to, sh to shift the reality from that presentation to something different um, is interesting. And, 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 and I could see that happening if, you were moving like Johnny Gargano up to that like workhorse space. He has that means. Like I kind of envision like Johnny Gargano as being like the intercontinental style champion. Those were always the workhorse matches, like in the in the eighties and nineties. Even if you know you had Hogan or Warrior or Sergeant Slaughter or whomever else on top as the as the world champion. Again, you don't have to you don't have to do that that either. So just throwing those kind of thoughts out there. I'll agree with you. I am thankful, grateful, appreciative that they ended with the best match from an in-ring standpoint and from a from a issue standpoint. I mean, right. Cole and O'Reilly have the most history, and gosh, they they were brutal. So loved that. Loved loved the way that it played out. Cringed a number of times as I watched that match. Uh, glad that they are both like well. Interesting that they did the the kind of the stretcher job 
and then like the week after had them kind of like arriving to the hospital together and you've got Cole, like O'Reilly seemed to be worse for the wear, and but Cole was the one one running his mouth. Um and then and then I love Cole, that to be honest. Like for sure, right? So that that's yeah. the competitive spirit of it all. Uh but it but it's interesting because it seemed to flip kind of the way we saw the show end with you know O'Reilly did have the wear and tear but was the last man standing and then clearly maybe he had just enough to get to that point and 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 Cole needed Cole, Cole showed that he wasn't yet out of it perhaps uh, uh but then yeah Kyle O'Reilly comes in on Tuesday and has an appearance of an Orange Cassidy type look again it, it's anyone's look uh it just happens to have been defined by someone who's a pretty big star on the competitive brand that was also uh going head to head with you on Wednesday night so easy to make that correlation even though like I think Kyle O'Reilly like tweeted out on like the Thursday after the Wednesday after like I'm not allowed to wear the things I want to wear or look, you know, look, have, have my look. Um, I mean, sure. You're right. No one, no one can tell you what to wear other than probably his bosses. Uh, that being said to not think you look a little bit like orange Cassidy before he like walked through the curtain. Um, he, he definitely talked more than orange Cassidy, but you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and for me, and like the comment that I made in kind of reflecting on watching that play out and seeing him interact with on that night, Cameron Grimes, was just such we've we've come to know Kyle O'Reilly as a very like sports centric, uh, combat centric like presentation, and it's very clear that he's got you know MMA kind of like training, jujitsu training. I mean, that's where Cole attacked him in the build up to this match, and that doesn't mean he can't come out dressed like he did and still have that, but he didn't seem to be portraying the same type of like, I want to be the best wrestler. I want to kick butt. I want to set my sights on the NXT title and here's how I'm going to do it. Then there's nothing to say like you can't be like Joe cool and be still like interested in being like a top notch badass. Uh, so yeah. So we'll see how that comes again. When you, when you look at what happened on that first Tuesday and then you look what happened this week, um, you know, just the soul, the 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 soul, like you know, dark room watching Cole's promo. He he looked like the old Kyle O'Reilly for whatever that's worth, and uh, and we didn't have any sound bites from him. So it'll be interesting. Clearly, that's not done. I don't know where they go next because that unsanctioned match was pretty nuts. Right. Um, it's kind of like we go back to you know uh, the Roman Reigns Kevin Owens issue. You have TLC, then you have a cage, then you have a last man standing. Like. Uh, you know, that's typically not the order you'd go in. Yeah, I, I don't know where it goes either. I mean, at this point, it's, you know, the murder match. Like, one of them ha- must die to lose. I mean, I just don't know. Uh, yeah. We're, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm okay with seeing it again. Um, because Cole and O'Reilly deliver every time they have for a long time uh, when they've been in the ring together. So, uh, you know, I'm okay with that. But... Uh, and and you and you mentioned one other thing. This isn't necessarily a uh, stand and deliver thing because well, he was on night one. Uh, can I just say, I love the Ted DiBiase finally showed up on NXT, and it sounds like it's going to move forward a little bit too. And DiBiase is going to be in a you know at least for a few weeks or vignettes or something. Um, but uh, we both said on the show that uh, Grimes mentioning Ted DiBiase so many times better pay off with Ted DiBiase actually showing up sometime. Uh, and when DiBiase just laughed in his face on Tuesday night, I popped. I loved it. Um, 
I've, I've enjoyed the Cameron Grimes character. I'm glad that they didn't. My fear with it was that it was going to be funny for a week or two, and then they were going to have him broke and penniless. And like, I just thought it was going to go really fast. And I'm glad that they let this play out for a while. Um, Grimes is charismatic as all get out. Really good in the ring, too. So, you know, I've enjoyed that uh, they haven't let us forget that either. He hasn't turned into a total comedy goof character. Um, well, he is a little bit of a goof. He can still go in the ring, and they've shown that. Um, so I thought he and O'Reilly had a good match. I, I love O'Reilly using the, uh, I'm going to call it the King Kong knee drop, because it's kind of uh, Togi Mac- Toji Maccabee's uh, King Kong knee drop that he uses in New Japan um, coming off the top rope. I love that move. For Kyle's knees, I'm not sure how long it's going to be able to be his finish, because that has got to be hard on your knees coming down off the top rope and landing like that but uh it looks really cool and we did it with a chain wrapped around his knee even better um so yeah i stand and deliver stood and delivered haha puns intended there but uh i thought both of those shows were great were very good to great and uh set the bar at a point that uh wrestlemania was going to have to really work to uh beat and and spoiler alert in my eyes they didn't even come close <laughs> and uh, so just to put a pin in the nxt chat clearly so then they debuted on tuesday after these shows they've been on tuesdays now for three consecutive weeks so um have you noticed anything in your opinion that's discernible about how they're presenting and and doing their shows um not having to compete with something on the on the other channel. I mean, they're clearly they're competing, right? Because you've got you know you're always competing for ratings. But clearly on Wednesdays, the, the the big competition was AEW that no longer exists. Have you do you feel any different about how they're doing TV or how they're presenting what they're doing? I I haven't not necessarily. Um, I, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed having them on two separate nights. I don't then come home on. Uh, I think. Many people listening to this know that I run a trivia company. I have a trivia night on Wednesday nights. Um, so on Wednesday nights, I would come home or Thursday mornings, I'd look and I'd have both of those shows, you know, sitting, waiting to be watched. And it was like, oh, man, I got four hours. I got to, you know, of wrestling here. And and now, like, I have a Tuesday night uh, trivia night, too. So I'm not able to watch NXT. Them moving did not change my ability to watch them live. I can't watch them live, you know, on Tuesdays either. But uh, I was able to watch a little bit of it Tuesday night before I went to bed. And then Wednesday morning, I was able to watch a little bit. Um, you know, so I was able to spread it out and not feel like it's so stacked. So I enjoy that. If I didn't have evening uh, obligations, I would even love more that it was split up so that I could watch it each week. But uh, I, I haven't noticed any discernible things. I will say, uh, I think we're clearly headed towards a Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez split, uh, which I kind of saw coming even before the title, when when Raquel was, you know, ascending and becoming the person in that uh, division, I, I think Dakota Kai is, you know, jealousy is going to to get the best of her in this at some point. Uh, Raquel and Mercedes next week will be, I think that's next week or in two weeks. Um, they're bo- both them and AEW are doing an interesting thing, I think, uh, where they're not only announcing what comes next week, but they're also announcing some things for two and even three weeks out, uh, which I kind of like um, it, because MLW does that. Uh, I haven't watched as much MLW as I'd like to, but they do, they call it their fight schedule because they kind of talk about everything being fights, not matches. But uh, 
they'll list at least the main event for like the next three or four weeks on the screen. And, and I think that's good because it makes you go, Oh, I got to come. I got, I want to make sure I come back and see that. Um, you know, AEW has blood and guts next week. We're going to talk about them in a little bit, but they've already announced John Moxley and Yuji Nagata for the next week uh, for the, uh, and new Japan U S title. That makes me go, Oh yeah. Not only do I want to see blood and guts, but oh, I want to see Moxley and Nagata too. Uh, and eight and uh, NXT has been doing that too. So I kind of like that piece that both of them seem to have picked up on. Uh, I, couldn't tell you who started doing it first. Um, and then the other one probably went, Hey, that's a really good idea. We should do that. Um, well, and you would think when you're competing, what a great way to kind of like get the leg up on your opposition. Right. But they They're, wait until they split apart to both just start doing that. Although, precisely, that was my thought. To, to be fair, AEW has done some of that in the past. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, winter is coming. Uh, they promoted for gosh, almost a month. Um, so AEW has AEW has done a little bit more of that than NXT, so they probably do get the nod for being first on that. Uh, how about you, Tom? Have you noticed any uh, differences? There was, yeah, there was there was one segment, uh, and I looked back at the results briefly here, and I couldn't tell you which week it was, where I felt like there was like three segments in a row that were all focused on the female talent, and there's nothing wrong with that because, like we talked about when we were talking about night one, there's yeah, there's there's a lot of talented you know, members of that division and, and a lot of ways you can go. But I, as I watch that, I go like in, in, in a quote unquote ratings battle, would they have done that before? And I, and I didn't know that they did or did, I, I couldn't say that they had or hadn't. So I just thought that was a very unique, like, I'm pretty sure it was like almost like a, it felt like 30 minutes or more of TV time that was dedicated to three different kind of, segments of issues that were going on and they were all focused on the female talent and again this makes me this perhaps makes me sound like oh that shouldn't be the case no i want that i just was quite surprised that it was built the way that it was when you think about structuring a show you want to feature your talent across the board and i thought it was an interesting presentation of how it was written i don't want i don't want to feel or sound like i think i'm being sexist that's not my intent so if it's landing like that with our listeners please accept my apologies well, now we've learned about Tom. Uh, no, um, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, and I, I hear what you're saying. I, I do think uh, being on separate nights does afford them the ability to try things that they might not otherwise try because there isn't – people are still going to compare their ratings or their number of viewers, but it's not the head-to-head -head anymore. You don't have the, oh, we did that, and so they switched to the other channel. Uh, now, you might show something, hey, we did that, and yeah, we lost. And, and I don't mean that being the, the women's, I mean just that being any general thing. We did something, and we lost 40,000 viewers the next quarter hour. That still can be a thing, but you're not looking at, well, we lost 40,000, and AEW gained 40,000. Like, oh, they switched the channel, that's bad. They don't have that anymore. So uh, it does afford them the chance to to maybe try some things that they might have felt hindered on before uh, while they were head to head. So an AEW up until this week had been over a million viewers uh, since the, the split of the two shows uh, NXT viewers, I don't think had changed all that much to be perfectly honest, uh, which was a little surprising maybe, but uh, AEW dropped back down. Uh, it's about 880,000, I think this week, which is kind of where they'd been hanging before too. So be interesting to see. And I just no. want to jump jump back to co-sign what you had shared, the the appreciation of them now being on separate nights, um, even though because of the the busy schedules that, that we have as a family and that we've got 
two kids in sports and a kid in driver's ed, uh, and we're going hither and, and yon almost every other day. Uh, I rarely watch wrestling live on, on a given night um, because I'm either sleeping or trying to catch up on the busyness of, of just our lives. Um, so it's always on a DVR, but, but to your comment, having the ability to record NXT on a Tuesday and watch it throughout the day on a Wednesday when I have breaks in my day, uh, and then conversely do that with AEW Wednesday to, to Thursday. Now, that being said, we'll talk about AEW a little more in detail soon. And uh, next Wednesday is Destination Viewing, but we'll get there. Yeah, I'm going to be staying off social media next Wednesday, to be perfectly honest, because that's a show I want to see. I, I, often things get spoiled for AEW uh, because I just don't stay off social media. But that one, uh, yeah, probably will be. Still staying off social media was, uh, well, I wasn't actually. The first night of WrestleMania uh, was the one show I was able to watch live of these four. Um, was able to watch the entire show. Uh, or Rainamania. WrestleRainia. WrestleRainia. Oh, there's a nice one, Tom. I hadn't seen that one yet. Um, good, good, good one on that. Uh, yeah, the first ever rain delay at WrestleMania. Uh, some storms moved through Tampa both days, but uh, night two they were through the area a little quicker. Uh, and earlier in the day, so they weren't, uh, it poured night, day two, um, that Sunday, I saw some, some photos and videos early in the day, and I thought, well, they might have a bigger problem than they had night one, if this keeps up, I mean, it was absolutely pouring on night, on Sunday, but Saturday, uh, had some rain, I, I thought it was interesting, um, now you saw this after the fact, was the rain delay still on there, Tom? Yeah, when it, you was. Saw it? Okay. it was, um, after the fact, or, or or well, it happened. You know, they come right on the air and say, "We're sorry to tell you that we're in a rain delay." Um, and and I thought they were when he said, "We're sorry to inform you." I thought, "Oh gosh, like some big match isn't going to happen. Like something, you know, somebody tested positive for COVID or something like that." And no, it wasn't that. It was the rain delay. But uh, the thing I thought was interesting is he said, "You know, everybody's in cover or, or taking cover." And there were fans all behind him while they said that. Now, they eventually moved them out. Um, and and so, but it was just a little weird when he first said it, because I was like, well, those people aren't going anywhere. Um, and a couple of people online were like, well, it's just rain. And I'm like, no, it's got to be lightning in the area. Like, that's why they, you know, anytime you've been, if you've been to a football game or um, baseball or anything, the only time they ever clear the stands is, is a lightning uh, threat. So, or I guess tornadoes or something like that, but th that wasn't the situation. So kudos to them for safety being, you know, the number one on that. Before we get into the results, let me, let me just, I, I don't really want to get on a COVID soapbox or anything. Um, it was interesting to me. It didn't seem very socially distanced. Uh, the fans, they weren't in pods or anything like that. I mean, it was just, I think they moved them all as close to the ring as they could, it looked like to me, um, for the most part. And, man, there were a lot of them that weren't keeping masks on uh, throughout the night. It was just interesting. Maybe that's just the uh, PTSD of the last year in, in our lives that, I'm, that I watch things in that way. Um, conversely, we're recording this early on Friday morning, uh, watched the NFL draft last night. Um, A, all of the people who were closest at least to the stage I know were vaccinated and they had stickers that said, you know, they were vaccinated. And that was part of how you were able to get that close. Um, people can have their arguments about whether, you know, 
that should be even a thing or not um, that that you have to prove that to you know get close or whatever but it's how it worked last night the nfl can do what they want um they're not a public entity you know they're a private business in all but uh I, I will say it looked like they had a ton of people and they were not socially distanced either. There were a ton of people very close to each other last night, but boy, they kept their masks on better. Not everybody. Um, I don't know. There were points at WrestleMania where I was just like, they'd show me crowd shots. And I was like, please don't be a super spreader. Um, and three weeks out, I haven't heard anything. So hopefully that's good news. And hopefully that means we're also rounding the curve on this whole thing. Again, don't want to turn this into a COVID podcast. And I realize that our listeners may be at very different places uh, in how you feel about what things are going on and, and that sort of thing. Um, but it was interesting. I will say on the flip side, loved having that size of a crowd cheering, even though they did definitely sweeten the noise a little bit. Uh, so I, I, I hear your observation and it's interesting because I wonder if there's going to be a an approach by sports entities that are in outdoor venues. I wonder if this being an outdoor venue had anything to do with the way that the seats were staggered. Um, I didn't I didn't share those feelings as I watched, but I also again I was I was maybe less in, intentional about looking for that. Um, in the, in the moment, because I was just, I was trying to like, Hey, I need to get through these shows. Like, <laughs> and, and I want to, and I want to know what happens. Right. So like, I, I wanted to, I wanted to get live and current with, 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 with wrestling as best I could, um, you know, juxtapose this event with the UFC event that I believe happened a week ago, Saturday in Jacksonville, which was an indoor venue and a sellout. Um, I saw photos there and it made me cringe. Now, that being said, like in full transparency, the little league that my son plays for, there's a mask mandate. Uh, there's there's signs when you walk up to a field that says, maintain social distance, wear your mask. And there have been a number of emails that they're supposed to be enforcing this. Jim, they're not enforcing it. And I got my second shot five days ago. Um, I am... You know what? It was it two weeks. I am, you know, ten days away, nine days away from being what what the science says is being fully vaccinated. So if anyone in nine days can walk around without a mask on, it should be this guy. Not that I'm going to, because here's the thing: I want to be part of the solution. And even though I have some severe mask fatigue, my wife has severe mask mask fatigue. In Michigan, we just launched this week a new thing where kids that are two and older now all have to wear masks. So my daughter who works in a childcare center has to manage this with little ones. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not here to politicize or to like pontificate on the, the, the good, the bad and the ugly. It's just, it's a mess. And, 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 and there's always going to be two sides of a coin. Um, and, and again, even if UFC comes out and that was a super spreader thing in Florida, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens and how we respond. You know, we're not getting through this any quicker as a country because we are Americans and we're stubborn. And and that, I hate to cast that blanket statement across us all, but you know, that's it's a really good descriptor of of of, of the of the what and the who. Right. So we'll stop. We'll we'll stop there. I think, unless you want to respond to anything I shared. Yeah, no, um, and I do agree that the outdoor versus indoor, I think, is a is a big piece. Um, and you know. Obviously, CDC changed some some guidance this week about outdoor, not necessarily in larger groups, but, you know, 
we've seen some outdoor things. The Rangers, uh, you know, had a, a packed house and, and haven't heard at least uh, that, that things came out of that again, outdoor. Um, so you're, I think you're right. Um, and, and, and while this was happening, I was in Florida at Disney world and they had 35% capacity that they were allowing even into the park, which is bananas. Cause it seemed as busy as ever, even though I think getting in, <laughs> getting in, getting through our, the lines was a whole lot quicker than we ever experienced previous. This was only our second time ever. Um, so not a whole lot of comparison there. Um, but masks were, were required and people who were at Disney were not playing around with that. Like, I don't mean to be like, they were like being super vigilant in making sure people were wearing masks. I think people entered Disney knowing that expectation and then just honored that. Uh, and then when there were a handful of times when people either let it slip or whatever, you know, the, the cast is how they call the staff at Disney. were very gentle about reminding people and it, and it never, I never saw it once become an issue. And, and, and perhaps there too, you're thinking, Man, I spent a whole lot of money here, and if I get thrown out simply for not wearing a mask, that's uh, that's something. Um, because I don't think Disney got a whole lot cheaper, uh, just because they're only at thirty five percent capacity. So you would be correct, uh, <laughs> and so, you would know that better and, than I, my friend. And and so just so and so talking about like the weather, because I was in Orlando. Yes. This was in Tampa, Orlando, a little a little southeast of where of, of where Tampa is. That being said, we still got a lot of this weather as well. Nothing on Saturday. Uh, we saw the skies, but we didn't have bad weather. It wasn't a park day for us. It was a resort day. So we were we were poolside and we were going to Disney Springs. Um, it was cold on Saturday night, cold, cold for Florida. Like we ate outdoors and we were not as comfortable as we would have liked. So so I'll, I'll, put, I'll put that out there. Sunday, we actually happened to be at a park and the weather was so bad. We left the park and went back to the resort and came back to the park later in the day because you just couldn't do anything. That's how bad the weather was. Um, that was a whole nother day, which on another time, I'll share that story with you about that Sunday uh, and all that we encountered uh, to, to make some uh, interesting uh, and uh, mem memories to say the least. But yeah, so I, but I was, my, my mind was on people in Tampa all of, during both during both of those times and, and watching the weather and having been outdoors and, so and that's the thing you know certainly with any outdoor um wrestlemania you know we've i know we've had the, the conversation maybe not in this show but um in the past with the new york wrestlemanias it could snow in new york in april i mean let's be honest um so anytime you've got an outdoor event uh you run the risk uh, in florida they often have these squalls you know it's so hot and humid during the day a lot of times more in the summer probably in the spring i don't know but uh that you often get these rainstorms uh katie and i were in orlando in 2019 uh with our friend greg and you know just about every night uh you had at least a 20 minute downpour um you know and then it would just be really humid afterwards which was always super comfortable but um yeah so so wrestlemania outside they had the rain delay um and this but, was the first yeah, ever delay in WrestleMania history, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. I, I cannot think of another, you know, other than like setting up the cage or something like that kinds of, you know, production delays because of, you know, planned. And then they do something to uh, distract the audience while they fixed, you know, got whatever done. Um, but yeah, I don't believe a weather delay or anything like that has ever happened at a WrestleMania, uh, which is kind of amazing with the number of outdoor WrestleManias that they have done, uh, that this is finally, you know, WrestleMania 37 is the first one that that actually happens at. Yeah, uh, I thought the same thing. 
So let's run down those results for night one. Uh, once yeah. they were able to get going about uh, 35, 40 minutes later, something like that. Um, the WWE title match was the first match I did like. Uh, and I think we talked about this a little bit on the preview that there were rumors they were not going to do a kickoff um match or pre-show match they had the kickoff shows which were an hour each day but they were just you know running the videos and promos and that sort of thing uh no kickoff match because they wanted uh that reaction um they did they did start with all of the stars on the stage um and had somebody sing the national anthem or america the beautiful and i can't remember now night one who it was um Ashley McBride, I think was, I think that was one of them. Uh, one of the nights. Anyways, both nights they did that. We didn't record that in the FWL results. I apologize. We did not. So I don't have that here. Uh, no, no appearance points for musicians. Um, I, I will say real briefly, and this is more of a night two thing than a night one thing. So night one, they had them all on the stage for the singing and, you know, Vince did his little welcome thing. Welcome to WrestleMania. Um, but I thought it was cool that he was out there to thank the fans um, and, and say how much they'd missed them and that sort of thing. Um, night two, during the singing of America the Beautiful or, or the National Anthem, whichever one they did, I, I feel like they did one of them each of the nights, but um, could be wrong on that. Night two, they showed the clips or shots of the superstars standing on the stage from the night before. They were not back out there. And in fact, it even said in the corner last night. Why? Why? Why do that? Like, you, you had them out there last night. I, if you don't bring them back out the night, too, that's fine. But don't show me clips of it last night. Last night, we had them all standing here. But tonight, we don't. But we want to show you that we did it last night. Like, I don't know. It was just, I, it caught me as strange. But anyways, um, let's go back to results now that I've whined about that for a minute. Um, Bobby Lashley beats Drew McIntyre. Um We'll talk about that in a minute, I think. Uh, but Bobby Lashley beats Drew McIntyre to kick off the show and retain his title. In the tag team turmoil match, uh, eventually, uh, Natalia and Tamina end up getting that win um, in in the uh, gauntlet. It turned into not a four-way, or not a four or five-way, but a gauntlet match, uh, which I should have remembered the tag team turmoils were gauntlet matches. But nonetheless, Natalia and Tamina end up winning that um, after a good run from the Riot Squad, but Natalia and Tamina end up winning that match and getting the tag title shot the next night. Cesaro with a big win over Seth Rollins. Uh, the Raw tag title match, AJ Styles and Omos win the tag titles and have not been seen since, um, but uh, apparently are returning this week. One of them hadn't been medically cleared, which had to be AJ because Omos didn't do all that much other than look really impressive. Um the steel cage match from hell. I'm sorry, steel cage match. Braun Strowman uh, beats Shane McMahon. Damian Priest and Bad Bunny end up in a tag team match after all, as you and I thought they might uh, beat The Miz and John Morrison. And then in the SmackDown women's title match to close the night, main event of night one, Bianca Belair wins the title over Sasha Banks. As much as I said before that uh, Stand and Deliver you know, WrestleMania did not touch Stand and Deliver, and I will I will stand by that statement. I thought night one was a pretty fun show, all in all, to be perfectly honest. Um, I got to say, though, let's just start there. Bobby Lashley beats Drew McIntyre. Thankfully, it was not the eight-second squash that we thought it might be. You know, we thought, oh, it might be kind of the Seamus Daniel Bryan thing, or I think we talked about that a little bit, that I, I feared it might be that. Um, 
I was really surprised to see Lashley win that match. I don't know. How did how did you feel watching it, Tom? This made, this made me really happy that I was spoiler-free uh, because as this match was coming to an end, I'm like, okay, McIntyre's going to get out of the hurt lock and, and he's going to come back and he's going to win. And then he doesn't. And I'm like, whoa! And I'm like, and I, and I, and I, and I reflected back immediately on all of the things that we said here uh, leading up to this show thinking that it was such a slam dunk that McIntyre was going to win, but also saying we also believe that it would not be a bad idea to keep the belt on Lashley. So super thrilled that that's the case. Um, this was good. Like, I, so overarching with both nights, the energy, again, was a different energy from a WWE product than what we've gotten with the, I don't want to be incredibly like hard, but the sterile Thunderdome. It, I mean, it, 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 it adds to it, but it's now become, I think, a little bit sterile for me. Um, it was hard for me, to be honest, not to jump too far ahead, to go from the live crowds on Saturday and Sunday back to the Thunderdome. Um, and I realized they had to, and that's what they got to do right now. And and I know they're looking towards, it sounds like both them and AEW are hoping maybe July-ish um, to start being able to do some, some more touring uh, again. But yeah, that jump to get back to the crowds, which was, like you said, a new energy, and then back to the Thunderdome was tough and i'm sure it was tough on them too yeah i so i felt like across the board like you had talent who were had an extra level of juice uh you know to perform uh both nights and that that added to this as well when you pair that with the crowd really enjoyed the first match uh you know for me uh just to kind of quickly summarize night one in terms of the highlights i don't i'm not going to really get into the lowlights because there were some the opener and Lashley retaining really was, you know, a big takeaway for me. Uh, Cesaro and Rollins freaking loved it. Probably my favorite match of the night, just because I have like such a fondness for both of them. Probably not better than the main events, uh, but I liked it. I liked it. Uh, it it was of, right up there, I'd say. I'd agree with you. Yeah. Um, the main event, Bianca you know, ascending to being the BEST uh, and, and, defeating Banks, and that was just a really great match. Um, well laid out. Two pros. Gosh, Banks is so young and still so amazing. And then Belair, the ceiling is still way ahead of her, so that's super fun. And then, I mean, I think surprise of all surprises, Bad Bunny. I know we were super critical of it, and the promo on the raw that led up to mania that kind of where this kind of materialized into a tag match, which, you know, we had recorded before we were able to see that and a different time we might've, you know, used that or had that to respond to here in our dialogue. Um, that, that turned the corner for bad bunny with me. I still, I'm still like not super high on what they did, but everything that preceded that, like, it, it didn't make more sense, but I was a little bit more forgiving of all of the stuff that I thought was kind of lame when that promo happened and then when the match played out. Um, and that, so I guess, I don't know, I, I thought I saw, and I don't remember where I saw it, probably somewhere online, that he had been training at the Performance Center for like three months or so. Uh, so kudos to him for putting in the work uh, and kudos to all the other three guys that are the pros, you know, the, the true pros, that this is their their passion, their life um, for for giving him those opportunities to, to shine. Uh, and if I ever have to see that, you know, Triple H handing off the briefcase with the microphone ad again, um, it'll be too soon. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was bad. Um, although I'm sure that was part of the deal, you know, 
you come work WrestleMania, we'll plug your tour, you know, quid pro quo, whatever you want to call it, um, which, which makes sense. I mean, that's business. You do deals. You know, you, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Uh, but no, to, to speak to that for a second, yeah, Bad Bunny put in the work and did a nice, a really nice job. One of the better um, celebrity matches, you know, celebrities being involved in a match. I mean, you think back, back Pat McAfee, who's, of course, now the commentator on SmackDown and doing a, a good job there so far, a couple of nights in. Um, you know, he obviously was really good when he had his match with, with Cole um, and then War Games. And then, uh, you know, a few others, uh, uh, the guy from Arrow, uh, Stephen Amell, uh, did a nice job at, was at SummerSlam a few number of years back now. But, uh, you know, I think I think he definitely was up there as far as actual performance in the ring. You know, Lawrence Taylor, I can't, you know, how can I forget that one back at WrestleMania 11? But uh, Bad Bunny did great. I thought he really actually did really, really well. Um, like you said, the other three obviously helped lead him through. That's their job, though. That's what they're supposed to do. And they did a great job of it and made him look good and didn't make themselves look bad in the process, if that makes sense. Um, totally agree with you on Cesaro Rollins. Uh, I hope that this continues and, and it seems like it is for now. Um, you know, the build of Cesaro, because you and I have both been big Cesaro fans for a long time. Um, one of my favorite memories, honestly, Tom, of, uh, you and I hanging out at a, at a wrestling show was in Atlanta. Were you in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must be Atlanta. We were at the Ring of Honor uh, meet and greet thing they did, fan convention, for lack of a better word, and uh, you getting your picture with Cesaro and Chris Hero, uh, who we are both also big fans of, uh, because they loved the t-shirt you were wearing. It was it was a band. I can't think of the band, obviously, but um, you probably remember who it was. It, w- it wasn't a band. It was like a like a, a clothing line, uh, and it oh. was just a, yeah. And 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 I don't know where that picture is. Like I so okay. if if you happen to have it, if you find it somewhere digitally, I don't know. I don't know who took that photo. It wasn't me, uh, and it wasn't on a device that I owned at the time. So okay. um, this, I think this was this was like a, what, 20, 2013, 2014, whatever, whenever it was. This was before like the like the big cell phone camera boom, right? 12, so 13, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't before know. Where I moved out here. Yeah, I don't know where that picture lives. I, uh, hopefully somewhere. Hopefully it's not been deleted. Uh, <laughs> I I don't have it. So, yeah, I wish I had it. I just, uh, you know, they they said, can we get our picture with you? Because you had this <laughs> yeah. on. And I, I, that was, uh, it was awesome. Um, like, this, these are the kings of wrestling. I mean, come on. It was um, more It was more so hero than Claudio at the time. Um, yes. But nonetheless, me and me uh, and Chris, me and Chris Hero will, will forever have an unspoken kinship um, yes. that, he, that I know of that he doesn't. <laughs> right there you go. <laughs> and coincidentally, uh, just to totally plug another podcast here on our own feed, uh, Ring of Honor has the ROH Strong podcast, uh, which I don't listen to regularly. I've listened to some of them, uh, usually if they've had somebody that interests me. And a couple of weeks back, Chris Hero was the guest, um, and they did about two hours it was uh, great it was awesome um interesting to hear because you and i have been pining for him to show up in aew or somewhere um so it was interesting to hear him talk about how you know he just for his own safety and safety of others you know has not been working because of of covid um but that he knows the time will come later this year hopefully where he'll be back um and man i can't wait Get, get, get some chris hero in somewhere um 
get Chris Hero and Andrade somewhere. Let's do this. Um, and, and have them work each other even. That'd be a fun match. I'd, I'd pay to see that. Uh, anyways, that has nothing to do with the WrestleMania night one. Um, but our Chris Hero uh, aside has has now worked its way in. Um, yeah, main event. Let's talk about the main event. You, you already talked about it. Um, so here's my thing. Sasha Banks is somebody who, for me, when she's on, she is on. She is one of the absolute best in the world. But I've seen her have some matches where she's not on. And for whatever reason, it just doesn't click that night. Um, Bianca being so young and still pretty green, but really good at the same time. Uh, I was a little worried going into this main event. I thought that I, I, I really felt like it had two options. It was either going to be really great or it could be a real stinker. If they both got a little too nervous, the moment got in front of them, you know, something like that. All of those worries were totally unfounded. This was amazing. Um, there's not a lot to compare it to. Easily the best women's main event of a WrestleMania in history. It was far better than the three-way match a couple of years ago at WrestleMania. Far better. Um, and I loved the shot that you saw after the match. Uh, well, I love the shot, let me say, before the match, where they were both holding back tears and both kind of looking at each other like, let's do this. Um, and you could tell that wasn't that wasn't Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. That was the two women um as real people not as their characters um and realizing the moment that they were having um only the second time that women have, have main evented i guess a night of wrestlemania we've only had two two night wrestlemanias um but it was a big moment both women of color obviously that hadn't happened before either um very, very cool moment. And then the the spot after the match or the moment after the match where Bianca has the title in the ring and Sasha is just smiling ear to ear. And again, that wasn't Sasha Banks. That was uh, Mercedes, whatever her name is. Um, I can't think of her last name off the top of my head. But uh, genuine moment. I felt great for both of those women. They absolutely stole the show. Um, awesome match. If, if you see one match from night one, if you don't watch the whole show, this would be the one I would tell you to watch, but I would also tell you, make sure you watch Cesaro as well and, and Seth Rollins. So give yourself time for two. And if you watch three, do I agree with you, title match, Bad Bunny, watch the show. Maybe skip the tag team turmoil. That wasn't great. I'm going to be honest. Um, that wasn't great. But uh, the the main event, just great way to end the show. I also have to say, I don't, I don't think I want two night WrestleManias forever. But having two, three to three and a half hour shows was certainly more digestible than sitting through an eight hour show or a seven hour show. Um, it's going to be really interesting a year from now when we reflect on what they do in Dallas. Because right. uh, it it, they've already said it's one night, you know, and you're right. I, you know, and I think I think we're conditioned as fans over the course of the last 18 months or so, uh, 15 months, give or take that three and a half hour, two and a half hour shows uh, for major events is a really nice sweet spot. So right. even, even SummerSlam and Survivor Series and all those were, you know, three to three and a half hours. Um, they didn't go super duper long. Um, I hope Vince doesn't fall back into his old habits. <laughs> 
there's one thing Vince is really good at. It's falling back into his old habits, though. So I'm a little concerned. Question. So back in the day, my yeah. friends and I used to goof around and say, you know, how much would you, you know, would you want to take a punch from Mike Tyson or a boxer? And we'd throw out like, oh, I'd take a million dollars. Not realizing that if Mike Tyson really hits you with a punch, you probably are dead. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I bring that out to ask you, Jim, is there, say, a, I'm curious where this is, going. <laughs> is there is there a price point for you? Uh, and if so, what is that number to take a lashing from Bianca Belair's hair? Uh, no, there is not a price point okay. for me for that. Um, Holy smokes on the yeah. scar, uh, or uh, scar isn't the right word, the uh, the gash that uh, uh, Sasha, I almost said Mercedes, which is her real name. Why would I ever call her that? Um, your buds, you hang out outside the ring, right? I literally used that name one time here when I was just <laughs> talking about her reaction, and now I'm gonna call her it. Um, yeah, that gash on, on Sasha's rib gauge, um, whoa. And the sound of it. I mean, yeah. that's not a leg slap either. That's I think I think the sound is worse than I think what it looks like, but I have no idea and I never want to find out. I agree with you. I, I also um <laughs> this is probably be more than we thought we'd ever say about this, but I also don't know that there is a dollar amount I would take to have a person throw me off the top of a steel cage and land on my back in the middle of the ring. Look, you and I were both very critical of Braun and Shane's story, and I remain steadfast that it was just a, to use their word, a stupid story. Um, and I am fine that Shane has not come, you know, that it's over. Um, but Shane McMahon is like 52 years old. He's in his early 50s, which he doesn't look it, but he's in his early 50s. The man has more money than you and I will ever see in our lifetime combined, unless we happen to win the lottery. He doesn't have to jump off the top of steel cages and, and you know, do stuff like that. But for whatever reason, he really likes to. Um, so kudos. It was a it was a cool spot. Didn't make me like the match anymore. Um, they kept it fairly short, which was good. Um, you know, I definitely didn't want that to become an epic match, but. Uh, kudos to a guy who just really likes jumping off high stuff for whatever reason um yeah and, and sadly sadly the featuring of braun Strowman continues i mean i guess you at, have at to least, at they, least he's not stupid they, they, <laughs> they are paying him still so i guess you have to use him also the so i wanted to make this comment earlier but we weren't talking about mania but now that we're here um so the tomaso champa hair uh, you know, thing has traded off. He is now shaving his head and Braun is growing it back out. So there's some rules about who can have stubbly hair we, in WWE across the Too many bald men, or we might think they're all <laughs> Steve Austin. Exactly. Um, you know, there are actual, uh, not probably with hair, but I know there have been times where they've changed people's names because what well, we can't have two, uh, for some reason, Lance jumps to my mind. Like they changed. Oh, Lance Cade. That's what it was. They couldn't have Lance Cade. They made him Garrison Cade because Lance Storm was already on the main roster. So we can't have two guys named Lance. We're going to get him confused. Right. Like, oh, goodness. At one point, I thought that uh, it was possible the Philadelphia Eagles were going to have three Jalens after last night, but they didn't end up getting Jalen Waddle. So, because um, they have Hurts and Rager. But, anyways. 
could have called them the Philadelphia Jalens. Let's go to night two where there was not a rain delay. They were able to get the show off to a start right away um, as well. And uh, night two results. Oh, yeah. We're going to have some stuff to talk about here, Tom. Randy Orton and Over the Fiend at WrestleMania. Randy Orton over the Fiend. Uh, the women's tag title match, Nia and Shayna re- retain over Natalia and Tamina. Kevin Owens over Sami Zayn uh, with Logan Paul hanging out. Not even an enforcer, just kind of there. A uh, U.S. title match, Sheamus over Riddle uh, to win the title. Riddle and his birds of feet, or feet of birds, I don't know. And uh, Riddle now apparently in a new tag team uh, on Raw. We'll talk about that maybe in a minute. Uh, the Intercontinental title Nigerian drum fight match. Apollo Crews wins the uh, Intercontinental title from Big E with the help of Commander Aziz, formerly known as Babatunde and Dabakato. We just got to keep giving him goofy names. I don't know. Babatunde is actually his name, but anyways. The Raw Women's title match, Rhea Ripley wins the title over Asuka. And in the Universal title, triple threat match, Roman Reigns pins both Daniel Bryan and Edge uh, at the end of that match to retain and walk out still the Universal champion. Tom, what were your uh, your thoughts on night two? Definitely this was the more star-studded night. Uh and I don't know that we had that attitude before it happened, um, but it retrospectively watching it, looking at the results, it's like, wow, this was like, you know, definitely, definitely if, if you were to angle night one versus night two, like in terms of presentation, you had it here. I thought it was crazy to start with The Fiend versus Orton. And I loved all the like, the gimmicks and the stuff and the big, the big box and, you know, you know, non-disfigured Bray returning. Um, I can do without it being under the red lights, but I understand why it happened. Thought it was nuts that Bliss transformed and had like the gushing goo. Um, and that caused the Fiend to lose. And and we've now clearly seen like they're like not together. And I know they're they're working through explaining that. And I think Lily is the new kind of, you know, puppet for, for Alexa. And I, I want to say it was the Monday after mania, but it might've been the next one. You know, you had Bray Wyatt back in the funhouse, but he seemed to kind of be like kind of an evangelistic kind of like character in a way. Um, and not the traditional Bray Wyatt that we had seen. And he said there was going to be a whole new funhouse. So kind of like, you know, just kind of like, he was like a, kind of like a, a carnival barker in terms of, I felt his presentation. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, didn't hurt the fiend to lose because like we talked about it, he can be kind of like that um that gimmick that you know really doesn't need to have wins to stay fresh or deadly or current but then you have orton win to really have him do what he's doing now which is rk bro um which i mean i don't know if they're gonna challenge aj and omas then okay that makes sense but i don't know that that's the path so we're we're talking WrestleMania and then we're getting down 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 the road too. Yeah. Loved Kevin Owens, loved Sami Zayn. Um, really thought it was you know uh, the best, the greatest hits of Kevin Steen and El Generico. Uh, in a way, I had a lot of flashbacks to their previous stuff. 
I really wanted to see a brain bust. Ah, though. Yes. Yeah. One yeah. thing I was missing. Yeah. Um, not surprised that Sheamus defeated Riddle. Thought that would happen, even though I did not pick that. Um, with the way it was building and the way they've done the U.S. title this year, it's just been really weird. When I, when I, when you least expect it is when it's going to change, and then you're like, okay, I guess that makes sense. Um, was quite surprised that Cruz did beat Big E. You know, we've been talking a number of times a number of weeks that we see Big E being the world title challenger of either the Universal or the world title in Dallas next year. So to have him lose on the grandest stage of them all, um, again, he didn't lose because of anything he did. He got attacked by uh, by the new Aziz, uh, which again, I just, I struggle because, you know, the fact that they think that we're not going to remember these guys from three months, six months ago and like, oh, he looks familiar. Where do I remember him from? And, and like, Again, I know we pay a little bit of extra attention to pro wrestling because we do a podcast and we're invested in a fantasy league. Um, but we can't be the only ones. I, 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 <laughs> and if I had a dollar for every time I said that here on the show, I'd have a lot of dollars, I think. Um, and then the final two matches. Again, Rhea defeating Asuka makes perfect sense uh, and good good trade-off of, of passing the torch there with Rhea being champion. And then of course, Charlotte returned on the mania following, uh, I'm sorry, the raw following mania. And she's back in the mix there. Although it seemed to start and stop. And there's a little bit of kind of like chicanery going on. She's clearly a heel, um, but it seems like Rhea is a heel too. So are we going to go for heel heel? I loved on NXT when you had Raquel come out, then Rhea come out their embrace. And then, and then Bianca come out. And again, like, it's the one time I think where you can really say our system is actually paying off. It's it's I think indicative of 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 a, of a gap though. If you if you're doing so well with your female talent and you can put the spotlight there, but you can't do it with your men's talent, something in the system isn't working. And it's not the performance system; it's the way that people are being promoted, which is again why we still have Braun Strowman in the mix. I digress. We're not gonna we're not gonna spend a lot of time beating that horse today. Uh, and then the main event I thought was was really great. Um, much like being surprised, but also appreciative that they kept the title on Lashley on night one. I have the same feeling about Roman Reigns on night two. Um, and where does Edge go from here is a big question I have, and they haven't begun to start to give us that or unpack that. Um, and tonight we're recording before the SmackDown where um, it is the universal title versus Daniel Bryan's SmackDown career, um, which is a big deal. Um, and I know we'll see what happens. I, I think we both feel like we know what will happen. And maybe this is a spot where um, Edge returns or not. Um, but I, I, in in the media, in the in the in the non kind of presentation of WWE television, Daniel Bryan's been pretty adamant that he thought this might have been his last mania. He wants to be you know do more of the dad thing. He doesn't want to stop wrestling, but I don't know where he's at with his WWE contract. And you know he clearly could be a guy that goes and does a tour of New Japan or um, does you know I can't see AEW being a destination because they're a weekly thing. I think Daniel Bryan wants a little bit more flexibility there. Um, a lot, a lot is on the horizon um, for what might come. Yeah, no, and, and I hit a lot. I hit a lot there, so I'm sorry. I talked a lot, and I would have. Lo- I would love to hear your thoughts and then responses as well. Yeah, and and so let me let me back up to the start of the show as well. And Randy and the Fiend, 
Um, I've said numerous times here before, I'm a big fan of The Fiend, a uh, big fan of Alexa, and I like them as a pairing. I, I'm sad to see them go their separate ways. I feel like they could have done more together before they, they did this kind of split. And I think my other slight issue in it, and we'll just see how it plays out because they've obviously, they're still building this story. I know we saw Randy Orton versus Alexa, but I don't feel like we're going to see the fiend versus Alexa. Um, and so where does it go? Like, you know, stories should build matches and I don't see where that's likely in this case. Um, you know, and, and is it kind of elect, is Alexa going to be, is Lily going to be Alexa's? I know there's the, the puppet or the stuffed little thing, the creepy little looking thing, but, uh, you know, is Lily going to be the fiend? Alexa is Alexa to Lily going to be like Bray to the fiend, if that makes sense. Um, kind of the split personality kind of thing. Um, and Alexa certainly has had some of that already before Lily came into the picture. Um, or was named, you know, there was certainly that uh, dual or multiple uh, personalities almost or, or characters within Alexa. So be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, definitely didn't see it coming. So kudos to WWE for doing something we didn't expect um, on that. Again, we figured that was much like Drew and, and Bobby on night one. We thought that was a slam dunk. The Fiend was going to win that match. And uh, they, yeah, they, they swerved us, um, as Vince Russo would say. And, and that might be okay. Um, so then uh, moving forward, not much to say about the women's tag match. Uh, Owens and Zayn, yeah, I thought that was a really fun match. Uh, I I love that Logan Paul wasn't involved in the finish. You know, they waited until after the match to have him uh, shove Zayn and, you know, kind of do that. And, and now he's apparently probably not going to appear on WWE for a while because he's getting ready to fight Floyd Mayweather in June. Uh, good luck, my friend. I was stunned when I saw that announcement. I'm like, this guy? Like, I know his brother's got a little bit of pub after the Askren fight, but I was like, oh, boo, this is going to be a massacre. Right. <laughs> I, I will say whatever they're charging for that show, I won't be paying it. Um, so, I yeah, I don't have any interest in seeing Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. I, I didn't order the Jake Paul and Ben Askren fight either. Um, but uh, I, I'm I'm really glad that he didn't have to get involved in the finish of that. That they just let those two have a match on Mania. I thought it was really good. You know, would I have loved him to have more time? Sure. Would I have loved to been for bigger stakes? Sure. But I'll take what we can get sometimes too. Um. Yeah. The the so the the Nigerian drum fight was was fine. It was you know basically an ODQ match. Um. I think it's interesting that they seem to have shifted. Um, so, you know, Aziz hit him with the with the Umaga Samoan spike is what it was, but then now they're calling it the Nigerian nail. Okay, fine. Um, and then hit a pretty bad looking choke slam, to be perfectly honest. The, the, I don't know if Biggie didn't get up, you know, for it right away, or they just had their timing off a little bit. It looked bad. Um, so <laughs> your dog wants to be a part of the podcast, it sounds like. She's like, she decided to wake up and she has to use the bathroom. So. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, we, I can keep rambling if you need to run to the door, too. So nope, She's going to wait. This is we, <laughs> this is a song and dance we do every day. Oh, okay. You're, you're right. hearing the song in the background. <laughs> I'm hearing this. Okay. Um, it seems like, you know, when, when Cruz had their pro, his promo, might have been two weeks ago on SmackDown. I didn't see SmackDown last week, so... I could be 
mistaken, or I don't think I saw SmackDown last week. Um, he, he talked. Fought, about, he, he fought Kevin Owens last week. Okay, yeah, I definitely didn't see last week. Then um, I've read about it, but I didn't see it. Um, you know, he mentioned just the Nigerian nail. So I think they were they're better off for Aziz to just use that. It looked devastating. You know, the, I mean, he did a lot of big motion with it and all of those kinds of things. So that looked really good. Don't do the choke slam. Uh, it, just don't do it. Um, especially if the problem was on his end and not Big E's for that choke slam. I don't know enough to be able to tell you who screwed that up, but it looked really bad. The nail looks good. It looks devastating. Hit the nail. You got the big steel thing on your thumb or whatever that is. Um, do that. Um, question for you just real quick. On the main roster, though. Question, question for you here. So I, I don't know if you heard earlier in the year, um, and this is like around that time of raw underground coming to an end. There was conversation or there was some rumor out there that Vince wanted Keith Lee, Omos, Baba Tunde, and a couple other guys to like work on stuff at the performance center, right? So even though they were on TV, they were uh, in, a, in varying capacities. Omos was a bodyguard or like a doorman. You know, Dabakato was in Fight Club or a uh, underground, and then Keith Lee was clearly a featured talent. Um, if if I would have told you, and you had that knowledge three months ago, that the last of that group, among other guys, but those are the three names that are coming to mind that you would see would be Keith Lee. How would you have believed that to be true? I I would have told you, Tom, that when you're working during the day, you should not be uh, in imbibing in beverages that, uh, you know, Um, yeah, you know, I'm not sure what's going on with Keith. He he had an injury of some sort when he was supposed to be in that triple threat for the U.S. title. There's a lot of reports out there that he was supposed to win the U.S. title that night. But, you know, whatever injury, medical thing, COVID related, I don't know what it was. Um, And we haven't seen him since. We haven't seen him. He has tweeted a couple times that he misses the fans too, and and he'll be back soon, and all of those kinds of things. But we haven't seen it, uh, other than seeing a picture that he got engaged. Uh, he and Mia Yim uh, got engaged, so kudos and congrats to the happy couple. Um, I I hope he makes it back to TV before he gets married. Uh, you know, not knowing how quick I guess they want to get married, uh, unless they get married, you know, real soon. Uh, I hope he gets back to TV real soon because. You and I are both big Keith Lee fans. I, I hope whatever's going on is that he's getting well um, from whatever injury, medical, whatever it might be um, that's that's keeping him off TV. And and I also hope this is going to sound bad. I hope there is something like that keeping him off TV, and it's not just that creative can't figure out a way to work Keith Lee into storylines. For goodness sakes. Um, and his social media has hinted that like there's more to the story, and someday he's going to be able to tell it. And like. I right. it makes me like interested, but also I, really nervous. I was a little concerned, to be perfectly honest. And we're going to talk about this in just a minute. This is the thing I forgot to put on the rundown. Uh, the releases that happened uh, in the week after Mania, I was a little concerned we were going to see Keith Lee's name on there. Uh, concerned for him, uh, although I think Keith Lee would be awesome in a few other companies. Uh, if you know, although from the financial standpoint, maybe not as good for him. Um, I think they could figure out how to use them a lot better than WWE has on the main roster anyways. Um, yeah. Free Keith Lee. That's all I'm saying. Free Keith Lee. Um, That's a new hashtag. There you go. Um, Rhea Ripley. I, I agree, Tom. I'd been, I'd, I'd had a note down that I wanted to make sure I highlighted it. And I'm glad you did. 
Uh, that scene on NXT with Rhea and Bianca and Raquel was phenomenal. Very well done. Um, and yeah, I mean, think about the title holders. Since NXT switched from Florida Championship Wrestling and then from the kind of game show-esque uh, rookies with pros, you know, stuff that they did for the first number of seasons, when it turned into a, a, an actual what it is now, the developmental brand, look at, look at our champs on the men's side. Roman Reigns was, I, I don't know if he appeared on any of the super early NXT shows, but came up pretty quickly to the main roster. So I don't, I don't consider him really an NXT um, star in that way during that time. Uh, Bobby Lashley certainly did not go through NXT. Uh, U.S. title, Sheamus, was in NXT. Um, but that actually, was... What, more so yeah. FCW, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. It came through developmental, but before it was NXT branded. Uh, Intercontinental, Apollo obviously had a, a run in NXT, although not one of their top guys. Um, you know, had a nice run in NXT. Um, so, you know, really one out of those four top men's titles... Um, on your tag side, almost never appeared in a NXT. AJ came straight in from New Japan. Uh, Dolph and then Robert Roode obviously was NXT champ for a while. So one of your tag champs too. So not a huge, it, just when you look at the titles, not a huge lineage on the men's side uh, from NXT that you consider, that I would consider NXT stars. But every single one of your women's champs was an NXT star. Um, not... Uh, again, not uh, well. Even the tag champs, only one of them. Well, did Nia? Did was Nia in NXT? Yes. Yeah. She, she had a pretty big um, feud with Bailey. Uh, I want to say when they did, when they did the UK uh, takeover, that was the women's match. The women's match. That's right. She she was there. So yeah, all your women's champs came through NXT at some level. Um, yeah, figure it out with the guys. I don't know. Like, and there's. You know, I mean, obviously, Drew's at the top of the card, and he he had a good run in NXT, and um, you've got some others, but I don't know. I agree with you. It's it's kind of maddening when you look at the number of NXT stars, especially on the men's side, some on the women too, but especially on the men's side that they bring up to the main quote unquote main roster and just don't have a clue what to do with. Um, it's I don't know. It, it's it's on USA every Tuesday night, Vince. Tune in, maybe check it out, see what see what they're doing there. Um. Main event, uh, yeah, I, uh, I I picked Roman to win, so obviously I was I was good with that. Um, I kind of liked that he pinned them both. He he made the comment that he was going to do that, but I think everybody just didn't pay attention to that comment in the promo because it's just him being you know Roman and he's so good he's going to beat them both and blah blah. And then he did it. Um, now, granted, you know the concertos and all of that, and and it all played a role in how that happened, which is good. I read some people who are like, oh, you buried him because you pinned them both. And I'm like, did you all watch the match? Like, there was a reason that happened. And it wasn't just because Roman destroyed everybody. Um, if they would have done that, where just Roman overcame both of these guys, destroyed them both, and then pinned them both, like, okay, yeah, that would have sucked. That isn't what happened. So it, it helps the heel character because now he's saying things like that's how it happened. But we all know that's not quite what happened, which is what makes him a good heel. Like, I loved it. Um, and I've loved the follow-up. I I Roman I am a bigger Roman Reigns fan right now than I have ever been in my wrestling fandom. Um 
I just think he is clicking on all cylinders and he's really good in the ring. He's always been pretty good in the ring. He really has been as much as he got booed because he was getting shoved down our throats. Um, now he's getting shoved down our throats and it works because he's a heel. Why Vince couldn't what? figure that out for eight years. I don't know. He, however many years. He seems to actually have like a, a humanized character because not all humans are good people and not all human people, not all humans are like without an ego. Right. So like, I feel like he's like, not, he's not relatable to me, but like, I understand like what he's giving us. Like he actually feels like those are actual emotions. I don't know that I ever before felt that Roman Reigns could connect on an emotional level. And that's the purpose of being a professional wrestler. If you don't have that emotional connection, who's going to care about you? Yeah, no, hundred percent agree. Um, yeah, he's just clicking. I mean, the guy is just clicking. Um, and, and as I said, I think on our previous show, I think when somebody beats Roman Reigns for that title, you could have a made man, whoever that is. And Daniel Bryan and Edge didn't need that. They're already made men. They're fine. That loss didn't hurt Daniel Bryan or Edge in the least. And if it hurt it hurt him in anybody's eyes, are you paying attention? Like, it didn't hurt him. Come on. Um, and so that's why I didn't – that's why I picked Roman and why I wanted Roman to win because I just don't think either one of them need that. Um, Daniel Bryan doesn't need to beat Roman Reigns tonight on SmackDown. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still on the Big E bandwagon. You know, I still think that is the person who should beat him at some point. I think you need to build Big E. Obviously, you're going to probably have a return uh, with Apollo Crews and, and work through that story. But I'm fine if the reason that Apollo won the title is so they can still wrap that story up here in the next month or so. And then let Apollo be the Intercontinental guy and go off and then start Big E's ascent um, towards the top of the card. If that was the reason to make that title switch, as much as I would have loved Big E to have that moment, um, you know, I would have been more, I don't want to say more okay, because it wasn't that I wasn't okay with how it happened. But I would have understood if Big E won at Mania, but then on SmackDown the next week, Apollo won the title um, so that they could start that ascent. Um, much like, and I guess I didn't, I, I briefly said something about it during NXT, but then didn't go into it. You know, Santos wins the ladder match, and then on Tuesday night, loses the Cruiserweight title to Kushida. Not 100% sure where that's going yet. Thought maybe it was going to be, again, so they can move Santos up. But right now, he's still kind of in that cruiserweight mix. We'll see, though. Again, they may just be wrapping that <laughs> Your dog is very angry. Um, <laughs> is convinced you are not paying attention. Um, so, um, what's your dog's name, Tom? Allie. Allie. So, Jim, Tom, and Allie here on Three Spot Monkeys mm -hmm. Live this morning. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Love it. Um but love the main event. So I, I thought night one was better than night two, honestly, from a enjoyment standpoint, there was nothing wrong with night two. I thought WrestleMania delivered. Did it, did it beat NXT? No, but it couldn't. I, I don't think it had any chance. Um, I feel like overall in ring night two was more balanced, um, okay. but I thought the better matches like singularly happened on night one. That's a good bet. That's a fair. Um, the, the the women's tag I didn't think was great on night two too. I just that tag division is, I don't know. They got to figure something out there. They, they, Vince doesn't care about tag teams. He never yeah. has. And and until 
And then that may never happen. Like, if you're looking for tag team wrestling, you're not looking to WWE. It's almost a, a wonder why they even still have tag titles and why they have two sets of tag titles. I'm sorry, three sets, because they have women's. Right. No, very true. I, I think the tag champs absolutely should be um, similar to the women's tag champs. One set where they can go to any brand kind of thing. That would have made that would make total sense. Um, because, honestly, just sitting here when I was trying to figure think of the champions – I forget that the Dirty Dogs are even the SmackDown Tag Champs until they, they show they, up on SmackDown. They, yeah, they do too. They show up on Fridays. Like, oh yeah, we do have these. Yeah, we're the we're the champs. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, um, one more thing before we hop over to AEW, and, and we're going double Broadway. It feels like here right now. Um, I wanted to get the full list up. Uh, WWE released ten, I think it is people. Uh, on uh, in the week after WrestleMania, April fifteenth, I believe, was the exact day. Yes, and it which, was and, and was a year to the day where they did the massive layoffs during the pandemic. Right, like that, that, that like maybe, maybe like the heat spot or the hot spot of like the, our world, like you know, being turned on its head. And and so those ten just to run them down, Samojo. The Iconics, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. I got something to say about that, you better believe. <laughs> Mickey James, uh, who apparently then got her stuff sent to her in a trash bag. Classy. Uh, Chelsea Green, a little bit surprising there. Tucker uh, from Heavy Machinery. Kalisto, Bo Dallas, and Wesley Blake. I don't think... Oh, and Mojo Rawley as well got added to that uh, in the day or so after. Uh, most of those don't totally shock me. Um, Bo Dallas, I've read a couple of times, has been, he's got a farm. He and Liv Morgan are together, and they've got a farm and uh, kind of has been getting ready for life after wrestling. So didn't surprise me really with Bo. Um, yeah, Kalisto is what Kalisto is. He's fine. He's good. I think he'll he'll find a spot to make some money. Um, Samoa Joe. Uh, I can only assume he wants to wrestle and they weren't going to want to put him back into the ring and the wrestler contract probably paid him a lot more than an, an announcer contract would. It's kind of my assumption in the Samoa Joe thing. Um, if Joe wants to work, there's a lot of places that'll bring Joe in and Joe will, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to a Samoa Joe run uh, outside of WWE and seeing him get to do what he wants to do and what he does best. When he wants to hang it up, I think he definitely has a future uh, as a commentator if he'd like it. I think he did a great job on Raw. But, uh, yeah, give me Joe back in the ring. That's fine with me. If, if As long as he's healthy and, he, and he's able to do that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for Joe. And, and just, just, just for context, and, and yeah. I know I got, the Iconics, I think, are going to be the, the big topic. I just wanted to quickly, because I, I didn't have a frame of reference, according to K, uh, Cage Match, dot net Samoa Joe was last in the ring on February 10th 2020 so he's approaching 15 months of inactivity again I know that injury played a role in that and I know unfortunately or fortunately because he needed to still be focused or featured and, and I think being a, uh, an announcer on Raw was a good use of him um, as he recovered He's got he's gotta be ready to come back. But why why that he why he didn't 
why there wasn't value seen in him really blows me away as an, as an in-ring performer. Um, I, I, and I, I believe very strongly this is Vince. Um, I, and I don't know, I don't know if I'm mixing my messages and, and I know we're, we're already deep in this conversation and I don't, I don't mean to take us one kind of page deep or one chapter further. Have you had a chance at all to see any of the biographies that A&E has produced? No, they're both, both recorded, but I haven't okay. seen them. Well, so. I've only I've only seen the Stone Cold one. Roddy's on the DVR. It, it might be on in the background today while I work later on. Um, you know, Vince didn't see anything in Steve Austin. You know, after the Ringmaster gimmick was a dud, I wonder how many talents have had that situation in this modern era, where Vince just can't see beyond what he sees, even though there's a deeper level of talent there. And I wonder if Samoa Joe is caught in this space and you're right he's gonna wherever he lands um golly and and i don't it was 90 days from april so middle of july um he was teased on the the july impact pay-per-view yep. trailer as was chelsea green for that matter um but we'll see yeah as was okada and naito <laughs> yeah they're, right 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 you and you and i are both big big joe fans and we clearly go back you know to our our ring of honor roots you know, and, and being strongly and emotionally invested in that promotion and, and how he ascended to, you know, his first level of stardom, you know, even though people might view him as a TNA talent first, he's always a ring of honor guy first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, where Joe lands, I, I can't wait for July to see where, where he shows up and what, what he does. And I think, uh, you know, July, August, Usually is a G1. I'm just saying. If, you know, it seems like some travel between Japan and the U.S. is a little more doable now. We have some people who are are moving back and forth a little more freely. Obviously, it takes a little bit. You got, there might be quarantine rules and all of those kinds of things. But, uh, yeah, just saying, just saying. Samoa Joe and the G1 would be, whoo. NJ, New Japan Pro Wrestling would get my $10, 10 yen a month or whatever again for uh, New Japan World for that for sure. Um, so I don't know. Be interesting. Uh, yeah, the Iconics. Vince doesn't hear about tag teams. The one women's tag team that he ever had that actually looked and act like to t- acted like a tag team, maybe not the one, but, but one of the few, frankly, that hasn't been just two single stars thrown together. And, and then he splits them. Okay, so you're going to do something with them. No, you split them for no reason. You didn't never do anything with any of them. Billy Kay was actually starting to get over with this whole like clingy, want to be your friend, need to find a friend. You know, seemed like maybe she and Carmella were going to do something. Uh, well, sorry, Carmella, guess you're not doing that anymore. Um, talk about another person who Vince just seems to have forgotten. He brought up and changed her character and, and, she had gotten really good in the ring, so now we don't use her. Um, and Peyton Royce, I, you know, I mean, it's become a running joke here on Two Spot Monkeys, but uh, you know, they they had her beat Bailey at the Survivor Series. I've said it a million different times that they botched the follow up. I, I don't even know if botched is the right word. They just didn't do anything. Like it doesn't even like they did it poorly. They just didn't do anything. Um, they had she cut a pretty good promo on on Raw Talk a couple of weeks or a couple of months back. Um, she had like one match on Raw. Like I, 
I don't feel like they've ever given those two a real chance after they split them, um, after they took the titles off them, really. Um, I think they both have a future. Are they Rhea Ripley, Asuka level in the ring? Probably not. Um, maybe they'll get there, but probably not. Character-wise, though, I think they're both gold. Um, I just, you know, I think there's a space for them. Like I said, best women wrestlers in the world? No. Okay. Not everybody's going to be, but it doesn't mean there isn't a spot for them somewhere in the wrestling world. I, I just think, I think both of these women will land on their feet. Um, I think Ch Chelsea Green will land on her feet. Um, you know. Chelsea and with, with Chelsea Green, I think it's just an unfortunate circumstance of too many injuries. Yeah. I mean, I mean she just. Bad timing. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, her, her. Uh, I don't think they're married. I think uh, boyfriend. Um, but, you know, they've been together a few years. Um, seems to have a good spot in Impact now. So uh, Chelsea certainly has uh, a history in Impact as well. So I wouldn't be shocked to see her at all uh, come July in Impact. But, uh, you know, maybe the Iconics show up there. I, I think it'll be interesting to see do the Iconics try to go somewhere together um, as a tag team. There really isn't a women's tag team division in any of the main companies outside of WWE. But do they have to be a tag team? Could they maybe add a member and, and become a unit similar, although very different in character, but, you know, like the Allure or, um, you know, the beautiful people back in the days or, and I don't want that char those characters per se, but could they add an iconic basically? And and they won't be able to call themselves that. But um, I, yeah, those, those two disappointed me because I just don't think they ever got behind those two in the way that I think they could have and, and could have had some good, good stuff with. So, you know what? I'm, I'm a Peyton Royce fan, um, more Peyton than Billy, but I like Billy as well. Um, and uh, I, I'm interested to see what those ladies do because I do think they're probably the ones with the most untapped potential that got released um, on, uh, on the 15th. So uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I just, those disappointed me. Yeah, and so, to be honest, I'll be surprised. Um, I am surprised there weren't more people let go. Um, you know, it's it's never it's never enjoyable to watch people lose their jobs at all. Uh, I mean, it's kind of become a running kind of tradition that you know, you know, sometime after Mania, people do get you know released and they turn over the roster to an extent. But just like we were saying, there wasn't that influx of talent into Raw or SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown appears that Aleister Black's going to be coming back with you know with kind of a, a Resorted character. Uh, Charlotte returned on 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 the Raw. We had the Viking Raiders return, but in terms of that traditional like big news Monday after Mania or even SmackDown after Mania, that didn't materialize this year. Yeah, it, I agree. It's just the nothing really. Charlotte, the Viking Raiders. Um, yeah, disappointing on that, and. Uh, I don't know. We'll see where these releases land now, I guess. Um, you know, Tucker for AEW champ. I don't know. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> don't be a sucker for Tucker. Right. Yeah. Tucker. Uh, um, again, he kind of tweeted similar to like Keith Lee that someday there would be more to his story or something like that too. So, um, you know, another guy, they split up that tag team and, and did absolutely nothing with Tucker afterwards. Um, 
so did they even give him a shot? You know, I mean, he decided to split the tag team. I think at that point his his fate was sealed. Um, so, I mean, I think they missed the chance. He could have been the long lost son of the Godwins, but there you go. There he, that's he he does have the look. Uh, last thing uh, before we wrap this uh, double Broadway up here uh, is AEW. Uh, they've had a, a pretty good build here. Uh, Blood and Guts coming up next week uh, or two weeks ago. They said a one match event, which made it seem like it was going to be just Blood and Guts. I don't know if the match was going to go two hours or if they were going to do some promo stuff before and then, you know, hour, hour and a half Blood and Guts match. But now they've added four other matches to that show, uh, which I feel like is a little too much, to be perfectly honest, uh, because AEW doesn't usually have a lot of short matches. Uh, so I don't know. And now that I think uh, I, I don't have those four matches in front of me, but Britt, Britt Baker is going to be in action. So, OK, she probably, you know, gets a three or four minute squash over somebody. Um Cody and QT, uh, which I, I think probably turns into a continuation More of, angle their, of their anything. angle. Yeah, yeah, I see. I see them. Which you surprisingly, I, I'm kind of interested in that feud. And I'd have been hard. Okay, okay, I'd have been hard pressed to have you tell me that that would have been the case uh, three months ago. I, I my thinking would be is they want to hold that off or whatever that materializes into into to double or nothing. Um, but if they give us a match next week, so be it. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that is that is definitely a continuation. Yeah, I kudos to them for making me give a rip about QT Marshall, which I didn't think I could. Um, and immediately giving um you kind of brought in three guys who yeah, they'd been on dark, but this is the first time you're kind of giving them a feature. Well, Agogo hadn't even been on dark. Um, but you're giving those three guys, Camaroto, uh Agogo, and Solo. They all have O's at the end of the <laughs> That was funny. Listening to, you. to that. I don't know. All of a sudden I didn't think about that until as I was saying those names. Um, you know, they're giving them a purpose right away. So kudos to that, because I think sometimes in all wrestling companies, you know, that you bring a new guy in and you just don't have a whole lot of purpose for them. And, uh, you gave all three of these guys purpose right away with QT, uh, and yeah, have, have made me actually care, uh, which kudos, I, that's the job, right? That's what they're supposed to do. So good job on that for them. I think that'll be fun to watch. I, I thought it was interesting when QT introduced the three of them, like the next week after the angle um, and said that Aaron Solo is nobody's is not just somebody's boyfriend. Um, it was, that was a nice little inside. If you happen to know Aaron Solo's uh, previous life, um, he and Bailey were together for a long time. That's not a secret, but uh, some, some people probably watching AEW have no idea of that. And, uh, it was it was a nice little inside comment that those of us who know know, but it wasn't so much that those who don't know are going to get hung up on it and be like, "Was that you know like and and lose everything else he said." The um, Google searches for Aaron Solo's girlfriend uh, skyrocketed. Skyrocketed, yes, probably, and everybody other, went, "Oh, he was with Bailey." <laughs> <laughs> the other the other two matches, I was scrolling and looking for them quickly just to have them be kind of you know on our radar before we really talk about the main, the main reason um, Omega and Nakazawa versus Mox and Kingston, which developed based on the angle this past Wednesday. And then a four way tag, which has SCU Jurassic express, the varsity blondes and the acclaimed, which on paper looks really sexy. So um, <laughs> those are, those are just like, you know, I'm, I'm a huge on Jurassic express. 
the money is SCU versus the Young Bucks at some point because there's the overarching kind of angle that you know when the next time SCU loses, they're done as a team. Um, right. So that there's always that on the line when they fight. The acclaimed, um, specifically Max Caster, nothing against Anthony Bowens. Uh, gosh, those guys are future stars. Um, and then the Varsity Blondes, again, Pillman and Garrison, two young guys with super high ceiling. Um, but yeah, Blood and Guts is where, where, is where it's at. Uh, the, the, the pinnacle or the pineapple, depending on your preference, uh, versus the inner circle. And boy, Jim, uh, going back to when the pinnacle debuted and the attack and, and, and the builds, and, and Jericho's promos have been pretty hot for this. There's also been a couple of lukewarm spots, I think you could say. Um, <laughs> that's that's Jericho, though, for me. It, at this right. point, yeah, yeah, yeah. At this yep. point in his career. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, not only just the excitement for the fact that we're getting this gimmick, you know, a little right. bit later, later, you know, of, uh, you know, than we had hoped for, you know, and – Remind, can you remind me? It was the inner circle on the heel side before, and was it like the Moxley troop on the other side? Uh, it was Cody, Cody, and Cody. Dustin. Um, Mox might have been a part of it now that you say that, and I can't remember who the other two were off the top of my head. Probably the Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks, probably, yeah. probably the Bucks. Um, oh, yeah, so anyway, like. This is going to be nuts, and 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 what a great spot for again. I think we're both huge Sammy Guevara fans. Um, I know you love MJF. I'm turning the I've turned the corner on him. He grows, uh, you know, week by week, day by day for me. Uh, Jericho's out there. Uh, Sean Spears deserves a chance to again. I, I thought his AEW career was in the tank. Uh, they brought him back to life. Uh, proud and powerful, and the FTR guys. I mean, holy smokes! And then you've got Wardlow and Hager. This is going to be nuts. I can't wait. I can't wait. And and I apologize. Uh, I just pulled it up because as I was saying those names, they didn't quite feel right. Um, Cody, I was right on, and the Bucks. Uh, but it was Adam Page and Kenny Omega were the other two. Uh, okay. Originally. Um, so it was Cody, the Bucks, Page, and Omega um, against the Inner Circle was the original one. And of course, um, that got postponed after. Uh, with COVID and and all of those sorts of things going on, yeah, it was like what three weeks away from happening, perhaps. If that, yeah, it was coming up, and um, that was at the point too where they were saying, you know, no more than ten people in any given area, and and so having a ten person match probably not an awesome idea in that moment. Um, it was very early in the pandemic. You know, we were learning a lot. Um, I I'm looking forward to this match next week. Definitely, I'm looking forward to this match. I feel like maybe it's a little early for this match. Um, like this feud has just really gotten going in the last what month and a half, I think. Um, and I think there's a lot of legs to it. And I don't think this ends the feud by any means, um, which, which is a little bit strange to me because blood and guts feels like it ought to end the feud. Right. Um, and it certainly shouldn't like this, this thing has legs for some time uh, with the 10 guys involved. Um, do we see a turn? I think that's possible. I think that's very possible. Um, I know our friend Annette made that comment um, on the board uh, that we're a part of, and I, and I think she could certainly be beyond to something there. Um, I don't know. There, I think that's part of what's interesting, I guess, to me about this. Part of me feels like it's too early, but yet that makes me want to see it even more to see, okay, 
what do they do? Because I don't feel like you can just have a definitive answer like, yep, boom, this happened and we're done. And now the pinnacle and inner circle go on their separate ways. I don't think that's a good idea yet. Um, at some point that will need to happen, but man, you got a whole lot of matches you can have um, and a whole lot of, you know, get some titles involved and things like that. I mean, this doesn't need titles, but yet that'd add even more stakes to their feud. You know, if you've got tag teams feuding over the, you know, the revival and, and proud and powerful or whatever they're called, um, which they almost never use that name. Um, but uh you know, Santana and, and Ortiz versus the revival for the tag belts or something down the road. Um, I just, you know, I don't know. And it's pretty clear that Tony Khan likes factions. I think we have definitely discerned um, that he has uh, drunk from the New Japan and Gabe Sapolsky uh, Kool-Aid of put everybody into a faction at some point. Um, and that's okay, because I like factions too. So as long as they have a purpose and they have, you know, they're not just for a joke. Um, I don't love joke factions, but I don't really see any of those. Uh, I thought the factory could be that. Um, I was a little worried when they put the factory together that, yeah, it was just going to, they were just going to get beat and be looking at the lights all the time. So far, that has not been the case with the factory. So I'm glad that I was wrong on that so far. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Blood and Guts. I'm looking, AEW has been pretty consistently good to great uh, the last month or so, I would say at least. Um, I have not seen this week's episode other than the very first match, uh, which I enjoyed. Um, Ryan Cage getting a big win. Hey, like that. Um, but they've been clicking. There hasn't been a whole lot they've done where I've been like, mm. um, you know, I don't necessarily. Two weeks ago, they did the whole Moxley and, and Kingston, you know, ram the truck into the trailer of the elite. I mean, I guess we've seen that a million times before uh, in wrestling it's always goofy to me because of course they're never in there because you would have killed them if they were in there. Um, so, you know, it is a little bit like, okay, there's that angle again. Um, I think the big thing for me over the last couple of weeks is like the, the young bucks seemingly full heel turn. Like I didn't see that coming at all uh, in the way. That well, was I mean, it had been three weeks since they turned last. So it was time again. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I saw them like, being racked emotionally with this whole Kenny Omega, you know, Don Callis thing. I didn't see it. I mean, this, it makes sense. And, and maybe it's a ruse. Maybe they're just, you know, riding it out. Well, right. I, you would hope that it's not. Um, I don't know. Like, I just think that that's interesting because the one thing, the, the one critique I've always had with AEW is to an extent, the way they move talent, you know, into that healing space, space, um, I said healing space, healing face space, that's what I meant to say, um, kind of a little too quick for my taste. And I think this might have been that, the way, the vibe I left that with. Um, I know the story isn't over yet. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, the, the elite returning and being this five-man group certainly is stacked um and if, it, and if it and if it's legitimate and it stays the course for however long it needs to as kenny continues to collect belts um that's okay no absolutely and and i i, I half joke but half serious yeah the bucks they're kind of like big show on those flip-flops at this point um so leave them on one side for a little bit tony um uh, so yeah 
I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be fun next week. Uh, you know, ideally we, we tend to record on Fridays. So Friday morning. So if we do, um, hopefully we will both been able to see the show by then and, uh, be able to have some, some thoughts on blood and guts, uh, as well. And, uh, Let's see. Will we? No, it won't be next week yet. It'll be the week after, I believe, that we'll have a head-to-head for WrestleMania Backlash. So, so next week we can uh, catch up on AEW, obviously with whatever happens. Maybe some Ring of Honor talk and some other things. Anything else, Tom, that you want to say before uh, we sign off here for our double Broadway? Yeah, no. This is good catch-up, good conversation. Uh, thanks for listening. Stuck with us for two hours, and uh, we look forward to getting back to a more regular. Uh, ideally weekly uh, content output for everyone and ourselves because we enjoy this too. Absolutely. Well, everybody stay safe and uh, we will talk to you all again next week. Have a great week and thanks for joining us here on Two Spot Monkeys Live.